Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Very interesting day out today because we've had a nor'easter here for the past couple of days in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, now there's Hurricane Matthew, Category 4 uh, hurricane, creeping up the coast. So we're going to see where that takes us. going to be a fun 48 to 72 hours, that's for sure. On this show, we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas from Tyler. He just got back from a seven-night sailing over in Europe in the Med. Also, Sherry Kennedy standing by to give us some cruise tips on buying a cruise fare and how to find the best cruise deal. I haven't done an interview like this in quite a while, so excited to talk to Sherry. She's standing by. We'll be talking to her in just a couple of seconds. Uh, A couple of housekeeping things. Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Just search us, Cruise Radio News and Facebook. Also, a great response on the show I just launched, River Cruise Radio. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out. That's River Cruise Radio uh, in iTunes, Stitcher Radio Network. Tune in or go to rivercruiseradio.net. You'd find more information there too. All right, Sherry Kennedy is standing by and hunkered down in her uh, storm shelter in Central Florida. What's up, Sherry? Not too much. I guess uh, Hurricane Matthew's up and it's down in the Caribbean somewhere. Bahamas. I, I got to say, Wait, like this is kind of, I haven't had this kind of excitement with a hurricane since 1999 with Hurricane Floyd. You weren't here for that, were you? Um, no, we were almost here, but um, not quite. Uh, but I was here for 2004 when we had uh, Charlie, Francis, Jean, and Ivan, um, unless Ivan was 2005, but that year also had Wilma. So it was crazy. Um, it was very crazy. Evacuation from the barrier island is never fun. So I got you on the line, Sherry, because you recently pinned an article called Insider's Guide, When to Book Your Cruise to Get the Best Rates. Now, before we dive into this post, Sherry, uh, why exactly did you write this article? Because so many people would always ask me, well, when do I book to get the best rate? And I had been in the business for, you know, since 1992, selling cruises from my house in Michigan. So I had a pretty good handle on, you know, the little nuances and, and what you can do to get a better rate. And you know, in debunking some myths and and coming up with my own little tips and trends to get the best rates. So I thought, well, I just put everything on paper or in this case on the computer. That's a very, very popular question. The general population doesn't want to book their cruises early. Why is that? I think I have identified five main reasons why they don't want to book it. It's pretty much a mindset. But the first one that I've always talked about is people just don't want to tie up their funds 18 months before their cruise. Uh, cruise lines will release their new deployment, which is the new sailings, a good 18 months in advance. And and when they do that, um, that's usually the best rates and the best selection. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but people just don't want to tie up their money. And the other reason is they think think that if they, they wait just a little longer, their rates will drop closer to sailing time, and that's when they'll get the best deal, and that's not true. And then sometimes they wait to the last minute thinking that they're still going to have a lot of staterooms to look at because they think they want to go in September during hurricane season. But as you and I both know, are ships empty during hurricane season? Nope. They go full, right? So waiting to book you know, the last minute to grab a cabin in September and you want midship, you know, and, and this perfect balcony, it's not going to be there. Yeah, for sure. And, and 
Yeah. And then the, the fifth reason why I think people don't want to book early is because they don't care where on the ship their stateroom will be because they're going to get the cheapest room they possibly can. So they don't care if it's all the way at the bow, all the way at the aft, over the engines, next to the disco. So they just don't care. So what those people don't know is that dot, dot, dot. <laughs> the best deals are rarely at the last minute. Instead, they should book their cruise at the time of the deployment announcement. And that's when the new schedules and the new itineraries are announced to the public. Another reason is early booking does mean stateroom selection is wide open, so then you won't get stuck with an adjoining room next to a party family or a screaming baby, or you won't get stuck under the disco or by the pool deck. And if the rate should drop before final payment is due, you can always ask for a price adjustment. If the rate drops after final payment, um, that could be a different story especially on you know, the mass market cruise lines, uh, number four, what they don't know is that if they buy travel insurance and their plans change and they have purchased cancel for any reason at the time they purchased their travel insurance, almost everything will be returned to them as long as they're canceling for a non-covered reason. And what about the last reason? No matter what the season, cruise ships will usually sail full, as we just mentioned. And you know, they don't know that. People think that, like, they go in September, as we mentioned, they can just, you know, get a cabin anywhere they want. But the sooner you book and deposit your accommodation, the better your selection will be. And you don't have to be miserable about having one of those paper-thin doors that adjoins somebody else. I don't know if you've ever... <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hideous. It's horrible. It's, they sneeze and it wakes you up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's awful. And then, of course, supply and demand does rule and full ships usually mean higher prices for those that are late to the dinner table. And another reason about booking your cruise early and a, kind of a negative thing is because of dining. Like me personally, I like to book to watch the sunset. So I like set dining. But if you do it late, you might miss that window. Oh, that's for sure. If you book your cruise late, you probably will get stuck with the 830 if that's even available. But most of all, you will most likely you will get uh, the Anytime Dining Program or my, you know, my Choice Dining, whatever it's called. Um, because early in May, seating in the dining room fills up very quickly. And, you know, you're just out of luck. And, and people still think, well, okay, I've got anytime dining. I can dine anytime, and I can just show up at the maitre d' stand and get a table. Well, all you will get is a little buzzer, and, and they'll page you when a table is ready at their anytime dining. So, if, you know, if, if, you want, if you want the traditional earlier main seating, or late seating as you call it, book early. You've been working in the travel industry for years, and you share a little trick of the trade here that I think the listeners will really appreciate. Share that with us. Well, thank you. I think this, is, this has proven itself with me and my clients when I was actively selling cruises time and time again. And it's what I like to call a little trick of the trade. Um, and your listeners may or may not know that large travel agencies block out huge quantities of staterooms as soon as the new deployment that I keep talking about is made public. So while the rates may be equal to what everyone else can access, you know, if you look online or you call, by grabbing dozens or even hundreds of staterooms, agencies are able to give their clients, you know, more perks and more amenities on board credits, wine, hors d'oeuvres, even shore excursion money and other um, ways to you know, spa credits. So they do try to entice people to book. But now, it, they, so now these large agencies have blocked out hundreds and hundreds of staterooms. They've gotten these wonderful amenities to give to everybody. 
Well, what happens if they don't sell them? Well, they can get stuck with having to pay for those cabins themselves. So what usually happens is they'll start releasing more of their unsold um, cabins back to the cruise line. And that's usually, that's usually done in intervals. So about 90 days before you're sailing, you might see suddenly more cabins uh, appear uh, you know, when you go to see what's available. And again, it's 60 days. And then depending on the contract the uh, mega travel agency has with the cruise line, there may even be inventory that's returned to the cruise line at 30 days before the cruise. So you need to really uh, mark your calendar and, and or have your travel agent check at 90, 60, and 30. So if, you, you know, if you're one of those that wants to live on the edge and take your chances, this is the one way that you could almost guarantee getting a cabin. Uh, may not be exactly where you want, but at least you'll get space. Sherry, you keep using the term new deployments are released. Uh, is that when a itinerary goes on sale for a certain area and ship? Mm-hmm, it is. But what they'll do is cruise lines do it by territory. So uh, they'll release their Caribbean itineraries usually first, 18 months out. Um, that'll be the first one to hit the presses. And then they'll, they might go to in the Baltic ones after that, maybe Asia after that. Uh, so they, it's done in, in a, a, a rapid rolling sequence, but it's not everything all at once. It's by region. So and the first one to go public is usually Caribbean because that is the most popular itinerary. So bring this full circle for us. At the end of the day, what should we know? At the end of the day, what you should know is to book your cruise early and then rebook it later on. But follow the, clu- the cruise line's booking and penalty policies. So you really need to know what they are before you buy your cruise. Mm-hmm. And either you find it out on your, on your own, you ask your travel agent, you look at the very bottom of your invoice, and the teeny tiny print, it lists specifically what the cancellation penalties are. Next is to use a cruise-oriented travel agent and someone who's been on cruises and not just sits behind a desk and turns a brochure upside down and points out where you're going to be because they don't really know that well what to do also book early to choose your favorite dining time right because we said if you book late chances are you're going to end up with any time dining uh, you'll get the best stateroom based on your budget and you can pick the stateroom location on the ship you know maybe you want to be near the bank of elevators where it leads to the coffee the coffee area the you know the pizza cafe or whatever you want to do that then you then you book early. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com from her cruise uh, cruise storm bunker, we'll call it, Hurricane Matthew creeping up to the Melbourne, Port Canaveral area. So Sherry, in all seriousness, be safe and keep us posted how you're doing. Take care, my dear. I will. I'm just about to start uh, taking clothes and papers and putting them into plastic tubs and packing up my car. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. 
For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Like Tyler, Tyler and his wife just returned from Royal Caribbean's brand new ship, Harmony of the Seas, and Tyler's on the line with us this evening. What's up, Tyler? Not much. How are you doing? Good, my friend. Now, uh, I want to get to Harmony of the Seas in just a couple of minutes, but before we get there, let's take a step back. And what made you want to sail Harmony of the Seas over in the Mediterranean? Well, um, you know, my wife and I have always wanted to um, see Europe, and um, we were always told, you know, a cruise is the first way to get a good uh, introduction to Europe in that part of the world. And so, um, you know, we were looking, and then we had noticed that the Harmony of the Seas was debuting in, in the Mediterranean, and so we decided hey, this is a good way to rationalize taking a trip. So Yeah, totally. <laughs> it happened. Nice. Now, uh, you had to, of course, fly there from Florida. Um, did you buy your air through the cruise line, or did you buy it separately? I bought it separate. I had a lot of um, like reward points to use, and mm-hmm. so like one of the tickets was free. And so yeah, we flew out of Fort Lauderdale, had a layover in Atlanta, and went straight to Rome. Cool. Did went you too bad? Did you do any pre-cruise time in Rome, or go right to the ship? Yeah, we stayed one night in Rome, like right in the heart of Rome. I think our hotel is right across the street from the Pantheon, nice. which was amazing. So yeah, that was really really neat. I'm really glad we did that. Cool. So uh, once you make your way to the cruise ship in Shiva Shiveki, I think they call the port for Rome. I butcher it every (laughs) time. Uh, How was the embarkation process for you? Because I understand that you boarded the ship halfway through the voyage. It was pretty interesting. Um, Like we had a a private car, you know, drop us off at the cruise pier. And from the time we got dropped off and the porter took our bags to the time we were on the ship was probably less than 10 minutes. Um, Oh, wow. There was nobody in the terminal. It was just us. Yeah. (laughs) We had gotten there later towards like the the ending of the boarding time, which is around like 4.30 or 5, I believe. And so, um, yeah, there was nobody there. No line in security, no line at the check-in counter. It was nothing. What was it like boarding a cruise that was already in progress? Like when you were boarding it, and of course the cruise was already left out of a different port. So how was that process? It was fairly easy. I mean, they they seem to know what they're doing. They just checked us in like it was a normal cruise. We got on the ship. There was announcements that we had to do a muster drill that was only for, I think there was between like five and 700 people that were getting on the ship. We did the muster drill, but other than that, it was like a, a ghost ship. It uh, didn't seem like there was very many people on because they were all in the port of Rome. So, uh, Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> cool. So uh, you make your way on to Harmony of the Seas, and now you just sailed Oasis of the Seas a couple months prior, so you had the layout of the land. But what were your first impressions of this ship when you boarded Harmony of the Seas? What were your thoughts? 
that was just on the oasis of the season, like two or three months ago, and it's a lot like that. I mean, it's almost identical, but there is um, the decor is a little different. You can definitely tell it's it's brand new. I like to say it had that new ship smell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can tell that things have they've only been painted one time. It's not like layers and layers of paint. I mean. Everything was new, fresh, clean. I was really impressed. Cool. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? We had a um, the Central Park view. Okay. So it was a, a window, but it overlooked Central Park. I mean, it was really nice. The room was bigger than the interior room that we had um, had on the Oasis a few months ago. And again, it was extremely nice. I I really like what they did with the new um, decor and updating it. I mean, it was beautiful. And again, the room smelled new. I mean, you could smell like, it almost smelled like a new car. That's awesome. It was really satisfying. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, So let's talk about dining venues on board Harmony of the Seas. Of course, I think there's like 24 different places to eat on this ship. So let's start at the top in the buffet area. I believe they call it the Windjammer and uh, work our way out from there. So what did you think of the buffet food on the ship? Well, the Windjammer. um, My wife and I really aren't huge fans of the the Windjammer. I think we only went there twice. Mm -hmm. And one of the times was just to grab dessert. Thankfully, like on, I mean, on this ship, there's so many other places to eat. This is a pretty port intensive itinerary. And so most of the time we were in port, we were getting off the ship really early in the morning. And so we tried, you know, eating um, food that was, I guess, in the ports. So gotcha. And uh, how about your main dining room experience? How was that? Yeah, the main dining room was great. I mean, the the staff was awesome. The menu was almost identical to the one that we had on our um, Oasis sailing about two or three months ago. No problems with it. I mean, it was great. What time dining did you have? We did the my time dining, okay. which got a little crazy. There was a a long line if you um ate around seven thirty and after, maybe forty five minutes to wait to go to dinner. Did you do any specialty dining venues on board? Yeah, we did the Zumi. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Hibachi, and we we did that. We really enjoyed it, and um we did the Jamie's Italian, which is the new one that replaced it's Giovanni's table. Mm-hmm. And that was delicious, really, really good. I preferred it over Giovanni's table. Yeah, it was great. Service is excellent. Food is great. Did you buy any kind of dining package, or did you just book it online, or did you make your reservations in advance? As far as the dining, we just you know went and paid. We didn't do anything ahead of time. We didn't have any drink packages either. Like my wife and I don't drink, and so um, you know in that regard, we saved a lot of money. Yeah, totally. And um, like I said, like we were in the port so much, I don't think we would have taken advantage of that kind of stuff as much as if we were doing a, a Caribbean cruise with like three or four sea days. Yeah, sure. Let's switch gears and talk about entertainment on board Harmony of the Seas, of course. There's not only the stage shows and brilliant production shows, but there's also the outside of the ship, which is a which could be a whole show in itself. But uh, what did you think about the entertainment around the ship and throughout the neighborhoods? The entertainment was pretty cool. You know, we didn't do a lot of like the, um, I think Greece was was on this ship. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do that, but um, we did do like the headliner show. We went to the comedians and stuff. And, um, you know, all of that was excellent. The, the comedian, he was hilarious. And um, it, it was pretty cool, too, because it was all uh, European acts, I guess. And it's something different that you don't really get in the Caribbean. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very regional so, kind of uh, entertainment. And the other there. thing was um, we were in port all day, and so you know, if we got back to the ship at 6 and ate dinner, I mean, by that point, we didn't really want to go to a, a show, you know? Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I did a 
10 night Mediterranean cruise earlier in the summer and I was the same way. By the time I got back to the ship and had dinner, I wanted to go straight to my cabin. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally like that. Uh, how about the outside of the ship? I mean, we have the high dive, we have the 10 story slide, uh, the abyss on the back of the ship. Oh, what do you think of all that? The abyss was great. I mean, I love what they did with it. It plays music, I think, inside and there's lights going on. I mean, it's pretty cool. And thankfully, um, when I did it, there was no line. I mean, it's really, really neat. And then, um, like, I didn't watch the the stunt show or the diving show mm-hmm. on the back of the ship, but I uh, had like walked by while it was going on. And I mean, it looked pretty neat. I mean, they go all out for sure. <laughs> Did you have any sea days on this sailing? We had one sea day in between Naples and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've said, I've been on Oasis class ship before, and it didn't seem crowded at all. There's always something to do, so it was really great. As far as like the dining venues when you were uh, at sea, how was that? As far as the dining venues, I would say they like things would definitely get a little bit more congested, but it wasn't unbearable, I would yeah. say. Cool. How about as far as the outside decks? Um, when you were sailing, was the weather nice enough to like chill by the pool and all that? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you could always find a um, you know a lounge chair up on the top deck. I mean, the pools were obviously a little crowded, but um, the solarium was always open. It was barely ever busy in there. And they also have different deck chair design, which they aren't like lay flat lounge chairs. They prop up kind of, and they're fixed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that helped save on like so the decks didn't feel as congested. Like there was more walking room. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting how they did that. Cool. Talk to us about what ports you hit and which one was your favorite. Let's see. Well, we left out of Rome and we we toured Rome before we left on the cruise. And then um, went to Naples or what they would call Napoli. And there we we did the Amalfi Coast and Sorrento, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was probably our favorite. And then um, we had a sea day and then went to Barcelona. You know, we toured Barcelona. That was really great. Um, Palma de Mallorca which I didn't really know much about, but um, we did a bike ride through Palma de Mallorca, and, I mean, it was amazing. I got to see um, all the history and really got to experience it without sitting on a tour bus. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there, we went to Marseille, France. That was our least favorite of the stops, but, I mean, it was still cool to experience it and to say we've been to France and to, to walk the streets, to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, where did the cruise end? The cruise ended in Rome. Okay, so it was Rome and, um, round trip. Correct, yeah. Gotcha. All right. So do you have any first-time tips for people who may be considering sailing Harmony of the Seas? Just take it all in, I guess. Um, Be prepared to, you know, do a lot of walking. I mean, the ship is pretty big, and so if you need to go from one side of the ship to the other, I mean, it takes some time. But, I mean, you get used to it, and um, I would recommend, you know, booking things ahead of time, like shows, because I know um, even though we didn't do a lot of them, you do need to have a reservation to get into those things if you want a good seat. So I would definitely recommend that. Once and, um, you got back to Rome, how was the disembarkation process for you? It was a piece of cake. I mean, we had a car that was arranged to pick us up in the morning, and um, we did the self-assist. We mm-hmm. carried our bags off the ship, and there was no lines. We literally walked right off. I never had it easier than that. I mean, I was not expecting it to be that easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome when that happens. So. Oh, it was great. Yeah, looking back over your seven-night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? The biggest highlight, I would say, is, um, you know, going to Europe and seeing all that history and actually um, seeing it in person rather than on TV or in a a history book. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, the cruise was great, but 
you know, the, the ports are what really got us going over there and no regrets. It was amazing. Cool. Well, uh, in closing here, Tyler, give me your final thoughts of Harmony of the Seas. It's a great ship. Awesome crew. I mean, very, very dedicated. They do everything to make you happy. Lots of stuff to do, whether you want to go to the gym, eat a lot of food or hang out by the pool. I mean, there's something for everybody. Cool. We've been talking with Tyler. He just returned from a seven-night sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Harmony of the Seas. Tyler, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your review this evening. Oh, you're welcome. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.